last week I preached to you a sermon called Who Am I? Because I think there's an identity crisis. I, I, I went, and doing counseling with folks, a lot of times I've asked them the question, tell me who you are in Jesus. And a lot of folks get this kind of dumbstruck look like I'm not sure I know how to answer that question. And we, do, we need to know how to answer that question. You need to know who you are in Christ as a believer. And more importantly than you answering that question on your own, you need to know what God says about you as a believer. So I preached a message last week um, from Ephesians chapter 1. If you want to turn there, um, I, I preached through, chapter, through verse 14. And here's what it says. I'm just going to do you a real quick review. Here's what, here's, here's what God says about you because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says that you are chosen, that you are accepted in Christ, that you are forgiven, which means you're fully reconciled to God in Christ. It means that you have a revelation of God's will. You have spiritual sight now that you didn't have before. God tells you stuff about himself and about his plan that the world will not know until they come to Christ. You have union with Christ's kingdom, which is an eternal kingdom that will never end. You have an inheritance in Christ's Christ's kingdom. The Bible says that you are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ so that what is his will be yours. What is yours is his. What is his is yours. The Bible says we'll rule and reign on earth one day with him as kings and priests, because we're heirs and joint heirs with Him. And we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have the down payment of eternity in our hearts. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Now that was the message last week. And I told you from the start of that message that I didn't know where we were headed, and I still don't. I don't know if we're going to go all the way through this book or if today is the end of it. But when I was baptizing Desiree last Sunday, and I was, you know, I always engage in a little bit of conversation and ask a few questions and when I asked Desiree if she understood what Christ has done and who she was in Christ even after the reason I answered asked that question was after the message I just preached do you understand who you are in Christ and her reply was somewhat and I get that I get that I get it more now than I did 26 years ago. That we are all still a work in progress. But when she said that, my thoughts immediately ran to the scripture where I stopped that last week. And I thought, her her, her response didn't offend me at all. I just immediately run to, I know what to say about that. Because I had read beyond what I preached last week. And Paul's prayer that follows that this is who you are in Christ, I don't think there's a better text that I could share with you on Pastor Appreciation Day just to reveal my heart to you and my prayer for you and my prayer for myself. And so if you'll look with me in verse 15, I'm going to read through it and then we're just going to hit it real quick. I'm going to run back through the prayer. Verse 15 of chapter 1 in Ephesians, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So real quickly, the Apostle Paul said, this is my prayer. He, he lifted up a prayer for the, for the Ephesian church, and he connected it with who they are in Christ through that first word, wherefore, connects it to our identity in Christ. And he first started with a prayer of gratitude. And he said, I am grateful for your faith in Christ. I am grateful for what I have heard about your faith in Christ. And I am grateful for the love that you have for one another. I'm grateful that you have accepted Christ as your Savior by faith. And I'm grateful that you are faithful to Christ. I'm grateful for your love. I believe faith is an outflowing of love. So I think Paul was grateful for their love, not only uh, vertically in their relationship with Christ, but horizontally in their relationship with each other. And I want to tell you this morning, I'm grateful for your faith in Christ. I'm grateful for your love for Him and your love for one another. Perpetually grateful for your salvation, for your service, for your sacrifice to Christ, for your sacrifice for Christ. But there's also a prayer there for more grace. Paul asked God to give them more than they already had. And this is kind of where Desiree's response to me last week when I asked her, um, do you understand what Christ has done for you and who you are in Christ? And she said, somewhat. And I immediately ran to this portion of what Paul said, and it is a prayer for more grace, that God would give you more favor than he has already bestowed upon you in your salvation to add to what he has already done so that you can give an answer to that somewhat question that lingers in your mind. And he asked literally for one thing. Uh, and you might call it two things, but I believe he's talking about the same thing. He said, I want God to give you wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God and by extension in the knowledge of Christ and in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. He said, I want God the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, to give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. I want you to have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God and of Christ. I want your heart literally to be flooded with the knowledge of who He is. Now, I like, the way, I like the fact that Paul used the word heart because sometimes our mind has a hard time wrapping itself around what God said, who God is. Our, our mind has a hard time with that, but our heart can believe it even when we can't fully understand it. Does that make sense? Our, our heart can believe it even when our mind can't fully understand it. It'll cling to it in faith. My preaching has changed in 26 years. Because I know Jesus better now than I knew him 26 years ago. 
And I, I, you know, I, the one the Bible tells us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, and that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Early in my ministry, I think I had I was trying to corner up the truth and just and make sure that was it was truth, it was truth, it was truth. And sometimes I didn't give the grace that needs to accompany that truth. And I can look back at some of those old sermons I preached and think, Lord, I don't know how I grew. Not with that kind of preaching, because I was taking a hide with the hair. I mean, I was pretty, it was, it was rough sometimes, I understand. But as I've come to know Jesus more, as I've grown in wisdom and revelation of Him, my preaching of the truth, I believe, has been tempered more with His grace. In 26 years of ministry, my practice has changed. I don't do things the way I used to do things because my knowledge of Christ has changed. I have grown in wisdom and revelation of Him. My patience has changed. Now, I ain't fixing to tell you that I got all this cornered up yet. But I'm a lot more gracious and patient with folks now than I was 26 years ago because I understand more about Jesus than I knew 26 years ago. And so, and so Paul just made that simple request. He's like, and I, th- I thought last week when Desiree said somewhat, I thought, I pray that you grow in your wisdom and in your revelation of who Jesus is, of who your Father is. Because when you do, it changes you from the inside out. It does what the law couldn't do. It, it, it moves in your heart and in your mind to transform you into the likeness of Christ. And the results of that wisdom and revelation, he said, um, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. I want, you to, I want you, as you grow in wisdom and revelation of Christ, to know the hope of His calling. Now here's what I think about. Jesus called me to salvation. Everything about my life is about His calling on my life, alright? I wasn't looking for Him, He was looking for me. I didn't find Him, He found me. His goodness led me to a place of repentance. He was seeking me. Before I even knew I was lost, he called me to himself. He called me into this ministry. Um, and, and when I think about the hope of his calling, I think about what Christ has already secured for us. And in particular, I think about the assurance of salvation that he wants us to have. And I want to tell you, early in, even early in my ministry, I struggled with the assurance of salvation. Um, I struggled with knowing who I was in Christ. And, uh, and as I've grown to know Him, as I've grown in wisdom and, re- and revelation, I have begun to understand the hope that I have in His calling me unto Himself, in His calling me to salvation, uh, in His calling me. I feel more secure in my salvation. I feel more convinced of my salvation. I feel more confident about who I am in Christ than I have ever felt before because I've grown in the wisdom and revelation of Him. Paul said, I want you to know the hope of His calling. I think that talks mostly about what He has already done in us. But then he said, I want you to know what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. 
what we have been promised in Christ. That's more future than it is now. I want you to I want you to grow in the wisdom and revelation of him so that you can know the hope of his calling and so that you can know the riches of the inheritance that you have in Christ. The more I know about Jesus, the more I long for that place that he is preparing for me, for us, the more I want to go be where he is. The glory of his inheritance compels me what I have been promised in Christ uh, in my future. I want you to know the hope of his calling. I want you to know the riches of his inheritance. And I want you to know the greatness of his power to us who believe. Now, I think that talks about now. The hope of his calling is what he's done. The hope of the riches of inheritance is what he's promised. Uh, but Paul said, I want you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. That's the here and now. And that's what we are capable of with Christ. That's what we're capable of, of, of doing, of being, of becoming. It is His power that works in us to accomplish His will. It's His power. It's His divine nature in us um, that gives us the ability to do anything and everything that He calls us to do. It is His power that gives us to resist uh, it is His power in us that gives us the ability to resist the enemy, to stand against the world, against the flesh, and against the devil. It's His power in us that gives us boldness to, uh, to proclaim His Word, to be His witnesses in this world that we live in. And the more I know about Jesus, the less fear I have of what this world brings my way, and the more boldness I have to stand with Him and for Him, because I know He's standing with and for me. Paul just said, I want you to know Jesus better than you know Him. I want you to have wisdom and revelation about Christ. Because when you do, you'll know the hope that you have of His calling. You'll have assurance. You'll know that you have a glorious inheritance that awaits. You don't have to worry about the future. And you'll understand the power that has been deeded to us to accomplish His will while we live on this earth. And I love that he concluded that prayer with just more praise to Jesus. And if you look at that, he praised Jesus for his power over death. The same power that brought Jesus from the grave lives in us. It lives in us. He praised Jesus for his dominion over creation. Now that hadn't been fully recognized yet. Because the, the whole world is still groaning under the curse of sin. But one day, all of creation is going to be placed under his feet once again. And everything that Adam lost is going to be regained by the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul praised him for the power, his power over death, for his dominion over creation, and for his headship of the church. That Jesus is the head of the church. And because he's the head of the church, he's the head of my life. He's the head of your life. And the fullness of Christ fills us. The fullness of Christ is ours and His headship over the church declares His glory to the world. There's no other like Christ. There's none that compare to His power. There's none that compare to His dominion. There's none that compare to His authority. And the more wisdom and revelation we have of Him, the more glory we can bring to His name while we live. So my prayer for you. It's that you get to know my Jesus. 
more than you know him now. Because I'm still learning about him every day, and the more I know, the more I want to learn. So my prayer for you is that God give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him so that you can grab a hold of the hope of your calling so that you can cling to the riches of his inheritance and so that you can walk in the power that he gives you to be an overcomer. As our musicians come, how's that for short? Amen. <laughs> Let's stand. Hey, if you don't know my Jesus, He is the only begotten Son of God who has existed from eternity past and will exist into eternity future, who was sent to earth to become a man and dwell among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of God, full of grace in truth, he lived a sinless life, sinless in thought, sinless in word, sinless in deed. He did not owe any wages for sin, yet he died on a sinner's cross, not for his sin, but for my sin and your sin. And the price that he paid on the cross, because he owed no price for himself, was sufficient to cleanse the sins of this world. When John the Baptist introduced him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. For six hours that Friday, he hung between heaven and earth as the only mediator that ever would exist between God and man. He shed his blood, gave up the ghost, was buried in a borrowed tomb, only to rise three days later and become the founder of the greatest movement on the face of the earth, Christianity has gone from, from one region of this world to the next and it still grows and it still burns and it's still, it's still eternal. It's still, it won't be destroyed. I think the evidence for Christ is irrefutable if you'll examine it. And if you don't know Him today, as your personal Lord and Savior. And you say, I, there's just so much I don't understand. If you understand what I just told you, He's God's Son who died on the cross and rose again for you. If you've got enough faith in your heart to believe that, He, for God's sake, for, for, God's, for Christ's sake, God will forgive you by that simple act of faith. And then you'll grow. You'll begin to grow. But you can't start until you've been born again. You can start that right now. If you want to know Him more, Tell him you want to know him more. He'll reveal himself to you. Do you know my Jesus? I promise you he wants you to this morning. Father, have your will and your way in this time of invitation. Do whatever you want, God. I'm, I'm grateful that there's still much for me to learn. And I'm looking forward to every moment of it. Growing in my, in, in my knowledge of Jesus help us to pursue that with all of our heart in Jesus name Amen
opportunity to say anything you want to come. They ain't near as long-winded as I am, so y'all have to <laughs> I just say thank you. Thank you for entrusting us and and working with us and praying for us, supporting us. And uh, it's been, I, I was thinking earlier, uh, been quite a journey, not just here at Zion Hill, but uh, the life that I have in Christ and where he brought me from and where he's taking me to, what he's got in store for me. And uh, so much more than I had envisioned whenever I first called. I run for so long. I remember just running just as hard as I could. God was on my trail. God uh, got a hold of me, changed my life, changed my direction, uh, changed my outlook, my vision. And I tell you, it's been such a joy. And I was sitting there thinking about the journey. It, it's been good. And when I think about that, it's been satisfying. I reckon a, a better word for that is fulfilling. To be able to get the or have had the friendships, get to know and have the relationships that I've had that I never would have if I'd have kept turning him away. And, you know, it's, it's been good, but it, it hadn't been. I mean, there's been struggles, and Brother Keith makes mention of that. You know, I've, I've visited kids that I've taught and poured into. Uh, I've visited some of them in jail. Uh, you know, I've talked with many of them, the, the pain that they had. Even this morning we talked about it in Sunday school preached the funeral of some of them while they were teenagers. And, you know, afraid to say it, that I, I don't know that some of them had a relationship with God. Uh, so, you know, that, that tears your heart up. But I'm telling you, the, the, the opportunities uh, to be a part of your life and you to be a part of my life, it brings such joy to me. And, and I hope, you know, I hope that my life has helped you and been a positive in your life because you have helped me. And, man, I love your kids. I love your teenagers. I love you, and I appreciate you allowing me to be a part of their life. I love Brother Keith and Brother Chris, and I made mention last Sunday it would take four Brother Edward and Brother Chris's to make up what Brother Keith does, and I appreciate them pouring into my life and to my daughter's life. And... Uh, I appreciate you pouring into our ministry, and we love you. Again, thank you so much. Brother Edward said it best. I tell the uh, men's Sunday school class all the time, you know, I, I prepare and I teach, and I, and I give them what God has given me. But I, I learn just as much from you guys as you guys learn from me. Um, Y'all really poured into my life and, and mentored me, and um, – I'm thankful for your patience, and I covered your prayers. Um, there's so many of you that encourage me, and I tell you, I'm grateful for your encouragement. Um, oftentimes, it's amazing how God works. It's needed. Um, I'm discouraged, and man, get a text message, um, and it just picks me up. So um, I thank y'all uh, for putting up with me. And, um, you know, we've, we've grown in number, but I tell you, I see these, these kids growing spiritually, and that's what it's all about. Um, I, I've, I've seen the Lord work in their life, and... Um, you know, I'm thankful that I'm, I ain't arrived yet either. I got a long way to go, but he's brought me a long way, and I'm grateful for him. He's good. But I appreciate you guys, and I love y'all. Let me say this, and I'm going to pray. Um, we are grateful for our wives who um, make more, way more sacrifices than we do. 
for the sake of ministry. Cindy and I went to Tybee Island a couple weeks ago. We were thinking how many times um, we, we had to postpone a vacation or come home early from a vacation because there were ministry things that came up. And they have done that without complaint. Well, I can't say that. <laughs> I take that back. I can't lie down here. But they have done it and, and, and have, you know, accepted the fact that's part of um, what we've been called to do. And when I promise you, when Cindy married me, she did not know she was marrying a preacher. That was the last thing on her mind, last thing on mine, but she's been a good wife. Our wives have been such a blessing to our ministry, and we appreciate them. Great, Keith, I'd like, and that's, you know, one of the things I left out of. I love these guys. I love you, but, man, I love my wife, and she <laughs> has been a tremendous, tremendous help. And y'all know that. Hey, y'all know that. I, I certainly do appreciate it. you done made me look bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, I will say that. Hey, hey, she, she, she's, she helps me a lot planning and all. She, she does a lot, and she puts up with me, too. Um, all these trips we go on, I can tell you, I'm not the one um, that's, that's lining it all up and orchestrating it. Um, that's her, but I am grateful for her. She's all right. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> hang around and eat with us, all right? And, um, and let's just enjoy some good fellowship together. We'll pray right here so that you can go right on back and start eating. You're already going to eat earlier than you normally do. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your love for us. And, and Lord, I know that I speak for Edward and Chris as well. Um, we're grateful for your calling us to salvation. And what an honor and privilege it's been to be called into full-time ministry for you. Um, you and you alone deserve the glory for every heart that's been touched for every life that's been changed for every baptism that's ever taken place for every baby dedication that we've ever had the privilege of being a part of for every godly marriage that's come out of our ministry we praise the name of jesus because had you not rescued us from ourselves we would never have been able to serve anyone else and so to your name be all honor and glory and praise forevermore i pray that you'd bless our time of fellowship and, and bless the food this afternoon. May it nourish us body and soul. May it draw us closer to each other and closer to you. We pray these things and praise you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.